I don't, I, I want to have some church today, if that's okay. And the best way for us to have church um, is, is if you guys are engaged as well. Um, but it's not necessary because really this is just as much for me as it is for you guys. Uh, the, the, the things that I am going to say and, and talk about, it's, it's more of, um, you know, the Bible says to meditate on his word day and night. And meditating isn't like an awkward, lights low, soft, you know, violin music playing, and you're just humming to yourself. Like, that's not really, that's not, uh, when it says to meditate on the word, it, it, it can, it's as easily as saying, hey, all my needs are met. All my needs are met. All my needs are met. So you're sitting there and typing on your computer at your work. All my needs are met. All my needs are met. You know what? I'm just so thankful that all my needs are met. You know what? I'm, I'm a needless person. All my needs have been met. It, and it's not to my riches. The Bible says it's to his riches. All my needs have been met according to his riches. And that's just, you just sit there and you just meditate on that and it does amazing things in your life. You'll, you'll find yourself so much farther than where you're at now. And, and, and I just encourage you today to, to be responsive. If you hear something that, that just hits your soul, man, say something about it. Speak it out, man. It, it, it will charge not just you, but the people around you. And I believe God wants to do an amazing thing today. I believe he has a word for us. And, and I just, I'm excited for what he has in store. So could we be a responsive people today? Could we be an excited people because we get to hear God's word and it gets to do something in our lives that we couldn't do on our own? Aren't you thankful for God who doesn't leave us where we're at, who doesn't make you try and do things on your own, but he is here to help you, to guide you, to direct you, to, to give you everything that you need? Come on, can we be a responsive church today? We read the story of blind Bartimaeus, and it's, a, it's an interesting story, and you know, it reminds me of, I heard this story from this preacher, and he's talking about uh, he, him and his son were traveling, and, they, and they, were, they were traveling up this mountain together, and as they started to get up this mountain, these, these monkeys started to jump onto, their, onto their, their rig, and he said it was interesting because one, is like, oh my gosh, there's a monkey on my car, but not just one, it's like multiple, but the, more than that, he, he noticed, like, I don't know if you've ever thought about monkeys, but, like, if I, I don't think about them regularly, but when I do think about them, I, 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 have you guys ever played that monkey in a barrel game, right, where you got to use their tails, and, 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 and you got to, you know, try and get them all out with one, and, and, and he said what's interesting about these monkeys is they had no tails. They, they, they were, they just, they didn't have that area. And he said it was interesting, and he asked the guy, he goes, hey, what, what, how come these monkeys don't have uh, tails? And they said, well, when these monkeys began to migrate up the mountain, I don't know if you know this, but the higher you go up a mountain, the colder it gets. That's why there's always snow on the top. If you never knew that, now you do. It's, it's, yeah, see, we learn something every day. But the higher you get, the colder it gets. And they said that as the monkeys began to migrate up the mountain, it got colder, and they literally uh, froze their tails off. Like... <laughs> Right, it puts a different meaning to that. You know, they froze their tails off, and literally they did. And, and because they stayed up there for so long, they began to adapt to their environment, and they no longer grew tails. Like at the beginning, they would grow them back, and, but because they were there for so long, because th that was their environment, they began to adapt to that environment. And then when the babies were born, they were no longer born 
with tails. They adapted to the environment that they were in. And it reminds me of the story with blind Bartimaeus because it's not just any story about a blind guy. Like it's interesting because in this story, it gives us his name. See, in these times, your name meant something. If you had a name, if people knew your name, that meant you had significance to your life. See, like we know stories in the Bible where you never hear the person's name. Like the woman at the well, right? We have a whole story in the Bible about the woman at the well, but you never know her name. Or, or, or the woman with the issue of blood who, who saw Jesus passing by, and if I could just grab the hem of his garment, I know I'll be saved. You, you hear this amazing story about her faith and, and how she believed in God, but you never know her name. So it tells me that when we read the story about Bartimaeus, that he's not just, an, he's not just a, a poor guy who, who had no meaning to his life or who was, in, like, like he had meaning, he had significance. He was supposed to be somebody. And some people say, when they read and they study about Bartimaeus, that at one point in his life, he had vision. At some point, because of the way it talks about him and the way it describes his story, at some point, he had vision and then he lost it. But Bartimaeus was somebody. He was supposed to be somebody, not only because he had a name, but because you knew his father's name as well. This is blind Bartimaeus, and that's just not, that's just not where it ends. He's son of Timaeus. It's a big deal. Bartimaeus is supposed to be somebody. He has significance to his life. But the question is, how does he get to where he's at? How does he end up in this place where he's just sitting by the side of the road begging? And what it shows me is that when something happened in his life that didn't go the way he wanted, he began to adapt to his environment. He began to adapt and evolve according to his circumstances. See, it's interesting because we know this story, and, 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 and we see it, and we read it, and what we realize is that our condition can contradict our position. See, what happened to me, what I went through, how often we allowed that thing to contradict who we are supposed to be and where we're supposed to be. Here's a man who has significance in his life. He's supposed to be somebody, but because something happened, he allows it to change who he is and where he's supposed to be. I wonder what we have learned to survive with. I wonder what's happened in our lives that's contradicted what God has said about us that we've learned to survive with. Well, this is just who I am. I love this one. This is just what I do. This is just how I was made. This is just how I was born. I wonder what's happened to us that we've adapted and learned to survive with. See, the question is, what do you do when something happens that you can't fix? What do you do? What do you do when something happens that you don't have control about? A lot of people talk about it. Let me go tell my spouse about it. Let me go tell my friends about it. We post about it. Man, some of, we have some of the world's best bloggers in here. Man, we just posting, 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 telling people about the issues, telling people about things we don't like, telling people about things that we can't change, which the Bible defines as gossip, telling somebody something that you can't change or they don't have the power to change themselves. But we, we post about it. Or even, I think this picture of Blind Bartimaeus shows us what a lot of us do when, when something happens that we can't control, we sit down. 
We sit down. I can't do anything about it. This is just the way it is. I guess this is just how I was made. I guess this is just who I'm supposed to be. I can't do anything about it, so we stop moving. And we sit. And we stay. And we watch people pass by. Raise your hand if you've ever felt like man, people are just passing you by. If you've ever felt like that, like, like whether it's at work or, or your family, or you just feel like, man, I just watch people pass by all the time. People are always just passing me by. And I think sometimes that can be the worst end of the deal. Like the, the most tormentful thing out of my condition is, is not just that I have the condition, but that I have to watch other people walk by without it. Right? Like, like, I love hearing about your thriving business. I love seeing that. I love letting you talk to me about it and how amazing that is. But not when my business is going down the drain. Like, I love hearing about how amazing your marriage is. And, oh, that's so great. You guys went on a date night and that looks like so much. But not when me and my wife are trying to get as far away from each other as possible. Like, I love seeing that your kids made the honor roll and that they clean up their room. But not when my kids are throwing toys at each other. And, and like, like, I love watching people pass by, but not when I can't move. Sitting by the side of the road every day, watching people pass by. Watching people pass by, building their lives, building their families, building their finances, building their marriages, while we have to stay seated, stuck, not being able to move forward. What do you do when you have a condition that you can't solve? I would encourage you to write this down. Anytime you have a condition that you cannot solve, you will learn to survive in that environment. Anytime you have a condition that you can't solve, you'll learn to survive in that environment. Bartimaeus adopted a culture to help endure what he couldn't fix. Man, he traded thriving with surviving. One thing happens. One thing. And it reminds me, because, you know, you might not be blind in terms of sight, but we all have areas in our life where we can't see. So you might, you might have your sight, but there's an area of your life where you have a, a blind spot. Right? A blind spot. And, uh, you know, it's cool the last couple of weeks, um, over like the last two months or so, I've been uh, traveling to Seattle more than I ever have in my life. Uh, just going over there for little day trips and whatnot. But we have a, a guy, uh, Jarrell's here, and, and he just he graduated from the Washington Youth Academy, like the top of his class. Really amazing, super cool. And, uh, and, and like three of them left for the trip, and only one of them came back. Like it was just, he's, you know, and so um, I've applied my application in to be a part of the Washington Youth Academy as well, uh, mainly for the weight loss and whatnot and the muscles that he got. But, um, but... <laughs> But I, I, I've been going because I'm, I'm uh, his mentor, so we get to go. We have uh, certain days that we get to hang out and whatnot. And so over the last couple uh, weeks and before he graduated, I've been traveling over there. And, 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 and I, I, don't, we don't, I don't travel alone. Uh, just something that, you know, our family, we just, if one of us goes somewhere, we just grab somebody to go with us. And, and, then, and it's not like, like uh, you know, some people be like, oh, you don't trust yourself. Like you can't. No, no, no. It has nothing to do with that. It, number one is this. If you like to be by yourself, I think you're weird. 
Like, like I'll, I'll leave the church, and I live literally like two minutes away. I'm like, it's maybe three at the max with traffic. And, and if I'm driving by myself, like, I'll call somebody. Because I just don't want to be in the car alone. Like, I'd rather talk to somebody or, like, or like people who, who like, they, they insist, like, they go to movies by themselves. I think there's so, it's not awkward for you. It's for, awkward for everyone around you. Like, to have to go to the movie and see someone by themselves and they plan that, I think it's weird. I think there's, there's insecurities or something. I don't know. Or maybe you go to restaurants by yourself and eat alone. That's not cool. That's, like, I walk in and see someone by themselves eating, and I'm like, I feel so bad. Like, we should buy their dinner or something. Like, like uh, maybe they just got broken up with or, you know, I don't know. It's just, it's just it's, I just don't like it. If you're one of those people, there's, I, we can't, we'll be friends, but it's like distant friends because I just, I don't know if I can. But, but uh, yeah, we don't, I don't travel alone. We don't, and so, um, and it's not anything, like, weird. It's just, uh, it's just personal convictions, and I don't know about you, but, but I think that we should be able uh, to have our own personal convictions, and they might differ with each other, but I think we should still be able to do life together. Like, I think my personal convictions, I should be able to have them, and you can have yours, and we can still go the same way. I mean, and here's one, one thing. You know, me and Nick were talking on the way to church today uh, because I make Nick come pick me up every Sunday morning, and, and it's just, <laughs> like I said, I don't like to drive alone. And, uh, and, um, and what was I saying? Um, yeah, personal convictions. What, what I've realized about my personal convictions is that they always challenge people to live a higher level of life. They, they always challenge people to, to take a step up, never a step down, never a step backwards. And so like one of the things that I don't, like, I don't, I don't drink. I, don't, I, I think one day it would be amazing to stand on a stage and say, hey, alcohol hasn't touched my lips in 20 years. Like, I want that. And here's the thing. I want that more than I want to have a blue moon with my burger. Like, I want that. I want to be able to say that more than I want to be able to go out and enjoy a leisurely glass of wine or whatever. Like, like that's just my personal conviction. That doesn't mean that you can't do that. That doesn't mean you can't do that. We can have our personal convictions and still do life together and still move in the same directions. Now, if you have a problem with my convictions, that's not something that's wrong with me. There's something on the inside of you that you need to check. That's not something that, because uh, here's the thing. My convictions ask people to take a step up, never a step down. And if you have a problem with my personal convictions, that's not me. There's something in you you need to check out. And that part of the message was free, okay? So, I'm... Um, I travel in, and I don't travel alone. So I, my older brother, Evan, has been driving. He, he's been going with me. And, and what's funny about Evan is, like, I'm like, okay, we're going to go. And he goes, okay, do you want me to drive? And I'm like, heck, yes, I want you to drive. Like, I don't want to drive for four hours. Like, you mean I can sit there and scroll through my phone and read some books and, and maybe even fall asleep for a couple minutes and pop back up and act like it never happened? Like, like you mean I can do that while you drive the whole time? Yeah, you betcha. You can drive, and, and so Evan will be driving, and I don't know if you've ever been in the difference of, uh, like, traffic uh, versus, like, Kennewick and Seattle. It's just a little bit different, not a ton, just a little, um, but, but there would be times where me and Evan would be driving, and, and we'd have what we call near-death experiences, right? <laughs> like, and, and not just, like, one or two. Like, we've done this, like, three, three times or four times, and it's, like, 15 every single trip. And it's not like, like you'll be driving and all of a sudden it's like, whoa, we had to swerve out of the way. And oh my God, what was that? It's like, oh my God, I didn't even see that thing. And it's just like, oh, you know, like one time we were driving and we, we, we were coming up on a, on a 
on, on, on an off-ramp, and one way went to Tacoma, and one way went to Port Orchard, right? And I said, okay, you're following your, your maps on Siri, right? And you're like, okay, we're going to Port Orchard, Evan. Port Orchard. And he goes, oh, not Tacoma. And he said, I'm literally like that. Like, <laughs> literally, like I'm some idiot for trying to help him, right? And, and until... We find ourselves on the, on the Tacoma exit, and we have to swerve through cones in order to get over to the poor orchard. And my heart race is like going boom, 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 boom. I'm starting to sweat. And he's like, oh, it wasn't that close. This is no big deal. Like, oh, my gosh. And it's not like, like a, like a near-death experience isn't like, I don't have to be like face-to-face with death. Like anything out of the ordinary, anything more than the average, like even an inch closer to death, that's a near-death experience, okay? Like anything, and, and, and I'm telling you, we had some weird things, and one of his excuses, okay, one of the excuses was there were cones, and I'm like, what do you mean? Well, the, I saw the cones, and I'm like, so anytime we see cones, we're, we're screwed? If we see cones, who knows what's going to happen? We might end up in, you know, in Portland or something, and but it's crazy how one blind spot can wreck the whole car. One blind spot in your life can wreck the whole trajectory. See, we all have blind spots. And you'll say, well, I'm really good at this. Well, yeah, but did you see this? Well, look at how well I do this. And that's great. I think we all have areas of our life where we have strengths, but we also need to be aware of our blind spots. Because here's the thing. One of our blind spots, and, and if you've been in here the last couple of weeks, we've been talking about how to change our mindset and not just changing our mind, but changing the way that we think. And one of the questions that's been stated, and it's really good. If you can catch it, it's really good. But our blind spots are defined like this. What do you know? That's keeping you from knowing what you need to know so that you can get where you need to go. We've all had those people where you're driving in the car and you say, we need to go to Port Orchard. And they say, I know, we're not going to Tacoma. And you end up on the route to Tacoma, right? There's something that he needed to know, but because he knew, we ended up not getting where we should have been going in the first place, right? There's things that you know that are keeping you from knowing what God needs you to know. It's called a blind spot. There's things in your life that God has called you to a higher level of life. He called you to a more pl- a place of freedom, a place of financial freedom, a place of victory. But because we know something, oh, I know that. Oh, I know that, Pastor. Oh, I've heard that one before. Because we know it is keeping us from knowing what we should know so that we get where we need to go. We all have blind spots, things in our life that we know. You know, and it reminds me of, there's this thing, and it's called competing thoughts. Competing thoughts. Things in your, your mind, like, like a blind spot, like, like, like uh, you know, God's thoughts towards me versus my thoughts towards me. Right? Competing thoughts, like, like, I'll be vulnerable with you for a second. Like, I'll be with my wife. And if you don't know my wife, Brianna, she's right over here. She's the really pretty uh, brunette right there. That's my wife. But I'll be with my wife, and I'll, be, I'll say something like, I just don't think this shirt looks good. 
Like, I think it just hugs me weird, right? Like, I just, I just don't like the way. And she goes, you look fine. Like, you look great. I'm like, yeah, but I don't think I look good. She goes, no, it looks great. You should wear it. And it's these competing thoughts, right? Like what she thinks about me, it should matter. And it does matter. But what I think about myself, that's what I live by. I don't wear that shirt. I get a different one. Right? There's, there's things that God has said about you in his Bible. And here's the thing. I believe that we believe that. Like, yes, God, I believe that I was created in your, in your image. But I just don't think I look that good. I just don't like how I look. And we have these competing thoughts to go against each other. Or, or God, I know you, you said that all my needs are met, but I have a lot of needs. And I know I believe your word, but right now I'm living in this place of lack, in this place of need. And so I know what your word is saying. I believe in your word, but I also know what I'm going through right now. These competing thoughts. You know, when I was studying this week, I came across this thing, and it's called double think, okay? Double think. One word, it's called double think. And let me read you the definition of double think. It's the acceptance of two contradictory ideas or beliefs at the same time. So it's to take two ideas or beliefs that are complete opposites of each other, but to believe in both of them at the same time. And I think this will help us understand Bartimaeus and ourselves a little bit better. See, Bartimaeus is a man who's supposed to be significant, but we find him in a very insignificant place. A man who's supposed to have freedom. He, he is somebody. He's supposed to have freedom, but he's a slave right now to his condition. A man who's supposed to have peace, but there's dysfunction and chaos in his life. Can I show you this verse? A couple weeks ago, I was, I, you know, we've been on this change how you think, think yourself happy for quite a while now, at least four or five weeks. And, and, and so I've been, in my study time and the time that I spend with God, I've been reading and, and getting in this word and just, you know, kind of developing these thoughts and what do I know that, I, that, I, that is keeping me from knowing what I should know and, and what am I going, like, what do I need to know? And, and I came across this verse and I, and I went to show it to my dad and I said, hey, I got to show you this verse and I think you're really going to like it. And he said, he said, Okay, yeah, show it to me. I said, but first, you can't use it. <laughs> and he was like, what do you mean? I go, well, you said I'm preaching in a couple weeks. You can't use this verse. I'll show it to you, but you can't use it because I'm going to. And it's a good verse, and I know I'm going to show it to you, and you're going to go, wow, that's a good verse. But you can't use it. He agreed. We signed the contract. I opened the Bible. <laughs> but it's in Romans. Right? Romans chapter 2, verse 15. And it says, Their competing thoughts will either accuse or excuse them on the day when God judges what people have kept in secret. Man, I read that and I was like, wow. Because see, I know that, hey, there's a heaven and there's a hell and they're real places and one day we're all going to end up in one of them and what we do here on earth determines which way we go and our actions here are going to determine where we end up and, and I know that one day we're going to stand before God and all of our works are going to be thrown into the fire. It's in the Bible and, and the things that remain in the fire that don't burn away are the things that God asked us to do that aligned with his will for our life, the things that he cared about and those are the things that he's going to say, man, good job of 
But the things that fade away and they go up in smoke, those are the things that we did on our own, that we did out of his will, that we thought were important, but they weren't actually important to God. Like, I know all that, and I always believe that one day I'll, I'll stand there and my works are going to get thrown into the, to this fire and God's going to, but, but that's not what this verse is saying. Because see, it is safe to say that your works will determine where you go because our works, what we do, our actions, are determined by our choices and our choices are determined by how we think. So in reality, it is safe to say that your works matter here on earth because your works are a giveaway of how you think. So when it says here that your competing thoughts, see one day you're going to get to heaven and your competing thoughts are going to be what's on trial. The way that you think, your thought process, that's why the Bible says the double-minded man is unstable in all of his ways. That's why the Bible says that you can't serve God and mammon. Why? They're competing thought processes. They're competing thoughts, and the way that you think matters. How you think matters. And can I tell you this? There's no such thing as a hidden thought. There's no such thing as a hidden thought. One, because God knows everything that you think. And two... Because your character right here, right now, in this place, is a dead giveaway of how you think. Your thoughts turn into choices, and your choices turn into your actions. Actions turn into character. Your character right now, like your character with finances, is a dead giveaway of how you think about money. Your health right now is a giveaway of how you think about food. Your relationship with your spouse, your character in that relationship is a dead giveaway of how you think about your spouse. Our competing thoughts, we have these competing thoughts. I know what the word says. I know what the Bible says. I believe it, but I also know what I believe. I also know what I'm living through. I also know we have these competing thoughts. They go back and they go forth. They go back and forth. And here we have blind Bartimaeus who's sitting on the side of the road, living and adapting into this culture because one thing went wrong. One thing happened, and he's allowed it to change his whole life. And he has these competing thoughts. I know who I'm supposed to be. I know where I'm supposed to be, but here I am. I can't see. I'm having to sit here and ask people for alms. I'm having to sit here and ask people to give me things that I think might help me. A little bit of contribution here, a little bit of contribution there. Please, what I wish we could see. The things that people put in our cups that don't fix us. Wish you could see the things that people put in your cup that you think are going to heal you, but they don't. Wish we could see the things that the false promises, the false relationships, friendships, the things that we think are going to sustain us, but every day we go right back to the same spot, living, adapting in this culture because of one condition. The Bible says he had, a, he had a cup. The cup was for contributions. It says he had a coat. And it's interesting that the Bible says that he has a coat because you know, not just everybody had coats back. There's not like a sweater that you throw on it. You know, when you read something in the Bible, if it says something, it's important. There's a reason it's, it's in the Bible. Like, it's not just any ordinary book. There's a reason it's in there. It says he had a cup for contributions, and he had a coat. And part of me believes that that coat was from when he could see, from when he had status, from when he was somebody, when he was important, when he was significant. And he keeps the coat on to comfort him. 
Because if people will focus on my coat, maybe they won't focus on my issue. If I can get a little bit of comfort, maybe people won't notice the blind spot in my eyes. If I can feel better about myself and somebody will drop something in my cup, maybe I can move on another day. So blind Bartimaeus sits by the side of the road every day begging, knowing he should be somebody, but he's not. Knowing he should be somewhere, but he's not. It says until one day. It says until one day. Look to your neighbor and say, today's the day. Look to your neighbor and say, today's my day. It says until one day. Blind Bartimaeus is sitting by the side of the road like every other day, but there's something different about this day. This day doesn't focus on what he doesn't have. Today it focuses on what he does have. See, this time it says, when blind Bartimaeus heard, oh, he heard that Jesus was walking by. It says that he heard, do you know the Bible says that faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. So today's different. Today we're not focusing on what we don't have, or on what we have lost, but today we're focusing on what we do have, what we have left. And can I tell you that God doesn't need what you've lost in order to heal you? God doesn't need what you've given up or what you've forgotten in order to give you a breakthrough. He can use what you have left. It says that he heard that Jesus was coming by. He heard that Jesus was walking by. He heard. And one version says that he asked, he inquired, what is it that I can't see? Tell me, what is it that I'm not, what is it that I'm missing? And can I tell you, if you've been in the last couple services and you've heard where they say, hey, what do you know that you, that you, that, that's keeping you from knowing what you need to know? And, and you haven't gone and asked anybody, hey, can you tell me what am I missing? Hey, can you tell me where my blind spot is? If you haven't done that, and I'm not talking like figuratively, but literally, if you haven't gone to someone and said, hey, tell me where my blind spot's at. Tell me what I can't see. Tell me where I'm missing it. If you haven't gone, then, then all that, your character now is a, is a giveaway of your thought process. Then I know how you think about your blind spot. You don't care. And can I tell you, if you don't care about your blind spot, you put everybody in the car at risk. If you don't care about your blind spot, you put everybody around you in danger. We say this all the time, together we're better. I don't want to be with you if you don't care about the things you can't see. I don't want to be around you if you don't care that there's things in your life that are going by and you don't care if you see them or if you hit them or not. I don't want to be around you. I'll watch from a distance. What do you know? Where are your blind spots? He asked somebody, what, do I, what, is, what are you seeing that I can't see? And I think it's because he came to a point in his life where he's so just fed up with where he's been. See, the thing about Jericho, where he was sitting, it's a pass-through point. It's between bigger cities. So it only leads me to believe that, that Jesus had walked by before. Like, this isn't the first time this opportunity has, has passed him. 
But this is the first time that he said, I'm, I'm done. I'm fed up with having to beg every day. I'm fed up with having to be defined by my condition. I'm fed up with having to be living and learning to live based off of a condition, based on something that I can't even control. I'm done sitting on the ground watching people pass by every day, watching them move on with their life, watching them grow, watching them get better. I'm done sitting by. And this is how you change the way you think. Because you won't change until you're so tired of where you're at that you'll do anything to move on. It says that when he heard it was Jesus, he began to yell. He began to scream, Jesus! It didn't matter. People said, hey, you need to be quiet. Hey, you need to quiet down. Hey, stop it, stop it. Hey, I'm a Christian, and, and I, like to, I like to view the whole thing. I don't like to participate. I'd rather watch them. It's like, can you quiet down? You're ruining my viewing experience. Can you, can you quiet down? And so often, we have God moments in our lives. And so often we get excited about what he's doing and somebody comes along, usually someone close, usually someone that has your ear and they say, hey, can you, can you quiet down? You're, you're making me uncomfortable. Hey, can you, can you, can you just pull it back a little bit? You're, 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 you're making me uh, feel weird about, can you? And we, we, we cower and we, we withdraw and we watch our opportunity walk by again and again and again. But not today. Not today. Today, he says, he cried all the more louder, Jesus, I'm over here. I don't want to stay here. And it says that Jesus stood still. You have the power to make Jesus stand still. You have the ability to have him stop in his tracks so that you can get what you need. Because here's the thing, the, the scripture starts off and says, he came to Jericho and on his way out. Here's the thing, these opportunities, these God moments, these amazing places where we can get freedom and we can get victory, they don't stick around. They, they move. They come in moments. They pass by. And it's not something we can just say, well, I just don't feel like it today. Well, I have a headache right now. I don't, can we do this thing a little bit later? No, it's gone. And what I'm saying is that there's a moment right here, right now, in this place where Jesus is standing still and if you don't care what you look like and you don't care what people think about you and you get to the point where you're fed up with staying in the same spot dealing with the same things over and over and over having to stick your cup out having to say I just need a little something I'm close enough to just just but not not good enough I'm, I'm almost there but I'm not gonna I'm not quite there and can I just have a little bit here and a little bit there but if you get to the point where you'll drop your cup you'll you'll get to the point where you say Jesus I'm ready to leave this behind I'm ready to take my coat off I'm ready if you get to that point he is waiting for you He's waiting. And I would encourage you to stay standing. Especially this. Especially if this moment is your moment. If you're not going to let this moment pass you by. I would encourage you to stand. And there's a reason. There's a reason we stand. It's, you know, the verse says that Jesus asked. He said, get him. Bring him to me. They charged him, come here. It says that he rose. He 
took off his, his jacket. The thing that comforted him for so long. The thing that he could hide behind. What is that in your life? What is it that in order to get your freedom, you got to take the jacket off and leave it? I want to, I want to take it with me. I, I just, no, 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 no. I, I, I just need this stuff. This is, this is how I've survived my whole life. And, and this is what has, has kept me warm at night when, when nobody was with me and when I felt alone. But this is the things that I need. And, and Jesus would say, no, 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 no. You can't take it with you. But this is what I, this is what I, this is what I need. No, 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 you don't need that. This is how we change the way we think. These are the things that I know. These are the things that I've known my whole life, but he's saying, leave them. And come to me and tell me what you want. And that's the question today. What do you want? What do you need? Do you need healing? Do you need financial breakthrough? Do you need restoration? What do you need? Do you need a strength that says, I can do all things through Christ, no matter what the circumstances look like? What do you need? Do you need peace that goes beyond the storm? Peace that surpasses all understanding, that although the world is in chaos, I have this peace on the inside of me, that I know where I stand, I know whose I am. What do you need? best part about the story is it doesn't say how Jesus healed him. It doesn't say how. Like there's some blind guys in the Bible that Jesus spat in their face. That's a tough prescription. I don't know about you, but there's, there's some guys where he threw dirt in their, mud in their eyes. And, but this doesn't say how he did it. And I don't sometimes be like, well, that's scary because now I don't know how I'm getting my freedom. I don't know how I'm getting my victory. I don't know, I don't know how I'm going to win. But, but, but to me, there's a, different, there's a different perspective about that. See, to me, it means he's not limited. To me, it means that there's no limit to how I'm going to get my freedom today. To me, it means that my God isn't limited by my circumstances. He's not limited by my surroundings. He's not limited to by what people have said about me or to what my mistakes have been or to what I've said or what I've been. He's not limited. My victory is however he needs it to come. You can have it today. Today you can leave your old thought process behind. You can walk out of here with freedom. Seeing again a purpose. A calling. I just ask you to bow your heads and close your eyes. And if you're here tonight, this is your moment. This is your moment. You're ready to not let another time go by where you watch your miracle pass, where you, where you watch it come and go. You're ready to stand up and to cry out. I don't care what people say about me. I don't care if I look like a fool. I don't care anymore. I'm tired. I'm fed up with living in this spot, with having this blindness, with not being able to do or be who I'm supposed to be. But if that's you and you're ready today to take your moment, to tell God what you need and to have it. Could you just lift your hand in the air wherever you're at? It's amazing. Hands all over the room. 
wherever you're at, if you're taking this moment, just lift your hands in the air. Because it doesn't matter what people look like. If blind Bartimaeus, if they said, raise your hands, and he didn't raise his hands, he wouldn't have gotten his miracle. Because in order for us to get what God has for us, we have to do something. It requires action. God, thank you for every single person whose hands lifted in here. God, thank you that this is their day. God, that we give you the day back. We don't want it anymore. I don't want today to be like every other day. No, today is different. Today I'm different. God, thank you that this is the day that they stand up out of their place of life, out of their environment where they've learned to survive. And I thank you that today's the day that they learn to thrive because not what they've been through or not something that's happened to them, but because of who you've said they've been. Today's the day that your thoughts beat our thoughts. Today's the day that your way of life beats out our life. God, I thank you that today's the day of victory, freedom, healing, restoration. God, thank you that this is the day that you have made so we get to rejoice and we get to be glad in it. Thank you for standing still for just a second so that we could have what you've already given us. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, real quick, could you just keep your eyes closed and your head bowed? If you're here and you don't have a personal relationship with Christ, if you're here and, and this is the first step, is you need that relationship with Christ. You need to leave here knowing that your life is right with God. Knowing where you stand. If you're here and you haven't started that relationship, this is the day. This is your day that you walk out of here with life. If that's you, you're ready to make that decision. Every eyes closed and heads bowed, would you just put your hand in the air? Wherever you're at, you're saying, today I choose life. Today I choose a relationship with Christ. Thank you. That's amazing. Thank you. Come on. Wherever you're at, thank you. Come on. I just want everybody to repeat this after me and say, God, I love you. And I thank you for sending your son to die for me. Today, I make Jesus Christ the Lord of my life. Come into my heart. Make me clean. Make me new. And I choose to live for you the rest of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, could we give a round of applause for those that made that decision? Come on.